Hello, it's Caroline. I'm just here to tell you that this episode that you're about to listen to was recorded during a time when I still used Patreon. I do not use Patreon anymore, but you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck a Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Hello, hello, cruel, cruel world. I am back. You are listening to the Fuck It Diet podcast. Yes, yesterday morning I changed the name pointlessly. I think I just had been feeling like radio was weird and weirdly old-fashioned and cutesy in a way that that I, I didn't feel aligned with it anymore. I couldn't stand by my past choices, calling it the fuck a diet radio or the F a diet. I I want you all to know people who've only been around here for uh, a year and a half or less that this used to be called the fuck a diet radio. Um, It used to be called the fuck a diet with a little asterisk in it. And then iTunes took down my podcast, just erased it from the face of iTunes along with all of my reviews, which at the time were some big clout social proof that I was using to try and get a publisher for the book that is now out. But at the time, that was like my podcast um, listens, essentially, was like the biggest number that I had to actually use to try and get um, a publisher. So anyway, it was very traumatic, but I had to jump through many hoops that they did not make clear. They were like invisible hoops because I didn't exactly know what the rules were. Also, the actual RSS feed um, of my podcast has the curse word in it. So I didn't know what I didn't know what was happening. But basically, they changed the rules. They changed the profanity rules. And then instead of like alerting people and saying, hey, in the next 30 days, you're going to need to make these adjustments, they just took it down. It was very, it was very, it was just a big stressor, I will say. I I thought my world was ending. It was not ending. Everything was really fine, but I thought it was ending. I thought, I was like, everything I built for the past two years is gone. But it all worked out. But basically, so I changed it to the F, in quotes, it diet radio, because... If you don't have the the quotes there, it looks like the fit diet. Do you understand my issue? This has been this has been an issue every time I need to censor it in some way. It quickly looks like the fit diet, which is not it. Um, I've explained this before on the podcast. Back when I was going through this, it was like all I talked about. But today or yesterday, I decided to change it to the Fuck a Diet podcast from the Fuck a Diet Radio. So just, just, just surrender and accept it because I've had to surrender and accept it because I, I did it. I just did it. I just like all of a sudden it was like, this must change. And I changed it. 
Um, I just was on a hiatus. Uh, actually, I'm just going to go right into reading this post. This, this newest post, the title of this episode is What About Vegetarianism? Which is like the, one of the biggest questions that I get from people who've read the book and people who don't know if they want to read the book. Because I'm pretty vague about it because, again, I don't like to give people rules. I like to give people information and then let them do what they will with it. Um, but I'm very vague about my beliefs about vegetarianism. So let me just be a little bit less vague, but still vague. That's what this is all about. And then I'll go into other things that I wanted to update you on. Ready? I've been on a sort of sort of hiatus from writing these posts and podcasting, even though I spend approximately nine hours a day on Instagram. And I tried to go on a vacation at the end of August, but I still posted on Instagram every day. Uh, my Instagram has exponentially grown in the past six months since my book has been out. And it's very exciting, but it it's very strange. And I'm going to have to continually examine my relationship with Instagram. I also tried to say to myself, Caroline, why don't you just relax and not worry about what you're going to do next, which is all I worry about. You just spent three years on a book. You just released the book. People are reading it. They are buying it. They are loving it, or enough people are loving it at least. And... You just ran the book course in the summer. Just chill. Um, and I listen to myself and I say, okay, I'll chill. But first I need to find out, figure out XYZ. And then I, I'll post XYZ and I'll bring back a more legit version of this podcast, which obviously is not this and it'll never probably be. Um, and run an even better version of the group, which I just stopped enrollment yesterday. I actually recorded an entire podcast episode yesterday being like, it's the last day to sign up. But then I didn't finish it in time for me to have to go to this friends gala at a theater oh sounds way more fancy than my life is but uh basically I had to delete it because it was obsolete (laughs) by the time I would have posted it today everything I was saying about today's the last day to enroll for the book club course would have been pointless because today you can't enroll for the book club course but what you can do is you can buy the cheaper self-study replay bundle which is a um it's a you know it's a bundle of all of the replays of the Q&As from the last time I ran the course and some audio versions of the tools and some special um bonus prompts that I cut from the book and basically uh it's all of the stuff from the course but without the actual interactive part of the course. And then you also, if you buy that, you will get a, um, a coupon, <laughs> a coupon in the amount of the course. So basically you're, you're either buying it and just consuming it and that's that and you get what you get out of it or you're buying into the next version of the course which will run sometime in 2020 and then you'll get um, a discount of the amount of the bundle if that makes sense so that's over at the slash bundle and I hope you check that out and I hope that if that's up your alley and you're looking for some content that's book specific that you um, that you buy it and that you enjoy it okay let me get back to what the fuck I was reading because guys I go off I just go off off script all the time script <laughs> okay so I was just saying that I tell myself I'm allowed to chill and that, you know, I'm in this place where I'm trying to figure out how I want to 
what I want my work to be going forward, what I want my next writing project to be. Um, is it going to be completely in line? Is it going to be like another, you know, version of the fuck a diet? Like, uh, you know, how people write lots of books, but they're all like versions of itself with different, slightly different angles. Or am I going to kind of pivot and expand my scope and talk a little and do a little bit more like personal essay stuff and explain more of my story and talk more about anxiety and still it's everything would always encompass not only talking about diet culture um, and the spirit of the fuck it diet but do i kind of um, expand the subject matter um, and I, I think that that is what it's going to be and i've been spending the summer trying to figure out what exactly that's going to look like and i've i've figured some things out i've started working on some new projects but it's not all figured out yet. So because of that, I'm just coming back. I'm coming back with a new post, new episode to begin answering some of the most common questions that I have been getting since people have been reading the book and since my Instagram has kind of tripled in size. That was off script as well. So let's come back to this. So I've been saying to myself, okay, I will chill out. I'm allowed to chill out, but first I have to figure out X, Y, Z and do this and do that and make everything better and figure everything out, figure everything out. But that is pretty similar to telling yourself that you're allowed to eat and then judging yourself for every little thing you put in your mouth, telling yourself you're allowed to relax and then worrying that you're really not allowed to be relaxing because you haven't figured everything out yet. But newsflash, and you may know this already, or maybe you need to hear it again. I certainly need to hear it again. Everything will never be figured out. And what I mean by that is as soon as you figure things out, there will be new things to figure out and stress over or hopefully not stress over, but probably stress over. I am trying to take my own advice and sometimes I'm really great at taking my own advice and sometimes I go through spells where I'm not so good at taking my own advice or I need to learn how to apply my advice to new situations or new areas of my life. And I'm trying to let myself float in the metaphorical pool and I don't usually start these posts with a diary entry like I just did, but I do usually start the podcast episodes with something like that. So let's get to the fuck a diet advice. This is one of the most asked questions since my book came out by both book readers and by people new to my site or my Instagram. Am I allowed to be vegetarian slash or vegan on the fuck it diet? And the short answer is yes, but there's also a long answer and there is always, or there's almost always a long answer. The long answer is that it's totally possible to be vegetarian or vegan for the right reasons. And then I put a little rose because I now watch The Bachelor, even though it's a terrible TV show and I despise it. But when you are dealing with chronic dieting, healing from chronic dieting, or disordered eating, or eating disorders, it is rarely fully for the right reasons. Meaning, being vegetarian or vegan is rarely fully for the right reasons when you are dealing with a past or, or trying to heal from chronic dieting or disordered eating. Even if you tell yourself you are only being vegetarian for ethical reasons, if you have some sort of eating issue, then a disordered and fear-based reason for being vegetarian is often tangled in with your ethical reasons. And what we need to work on is our awareness around why we do the things we do. It's like 
always a piece of the puzzle. A lot of people hide their disordered eating even from themselves behind vegetarianism or other moralistic ways to eat and call themselves responsible instead of acknowledging that it is still a manifestation of control issues. A lot of people recovering from eating disorders adopt veganism or vegetarianism as a sort of buffer because it feels safe. Okay, I'll eat more, but I'll only eat fill in the blank. It is another socially acceptable set of rules and another way to exert some control over your eating that makes you feel safe. It's understandable and it's common, but there is still more to unpack on the reasons why you are eating the way you're eating. It's also a common expression of orthorexia, a fear of impurity and a disordered worry about food and health. So here is your barometer. If you're doing it because you genuinely care for, about whatever reasons that you're doing vegetarianism, but you don't feel any sort of stress over slipping up and eating, for instance, some soup with a little butter or stock in it, then I would say it's closer to a healthy relationship for you. But if you're trying to be vegetarian or vegan and you over worry, overthink and over scrutinize menus and get panicked when you think you might have eaten something that doesn't fit your rules, that is a big sign that there is something else going on and it's more on the disordered side. And that being a vegetarian might not actually be the healthiest thing for you at the time, especially not mentally. So if you are uh, recovering from dieting or disordered eating and want to be a vegetarian or vegan for whatever reason, I would say see if you are willing to go through a time where you are either not vegetarian or vegan, or in the very least, see if you can stop being stressed or overworried about it. Sustainability matters. All of the good reasons that people become vegetarianism are things that matter, of course, but your mental health matters too. And it is not mutually exclusive. I think this is a matter of constant checking in on why we do the things we do, why we eat the things we eat, and why we avoid the foods we avoid. And that is my answer to that. It is very rare that I would call someone out and tell them they're doing it for the wrong reasons, but I would just present this perspective on it and let people decide why they think they are doing what they're doing with with their eating choices. Um, great, great. Okay, so in my hiatus, I released one other... Um, oh, shit. Okay, one other... I'm not going to publish this. I'm just going to save the draft. This is what I do. Because in order to make the podcast episode and the new post be one in the same, I can't actually publish it until I finish this episode. So, okay. So, but I'm going to go... And what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I don't know, maybe I should make this its own uh, podcast episode. Should I do that? Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do that. Should I do that? Damn it. No, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it here, and that's fine. Okay. So I already published this, and this did not, this is like one of the only posts that did not have 
a an episode that went along with it because I was on a hiatus from this and I just needed to not have to worry about about doing all the podcast stuff. Um, and this one is called "Can I Stop Dieting Even If I Have Diabetes or PCOS?" And this is one of the other main questions that I get all of the time. So I wanted to make it super clear and put it in a post. Um, blah 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 blah. Okay. I started off talking about my podcast hiatus, so let me find where I can start. Okay, but in the meanwhile, I want to address a question I get, common question that I get, both from people who've read the book, loved it, but are nervous that it doesn't apply to them because of health, and people who want to read the book but aren't sure if the book slash and the fuck it diet in general will apply to them because of a health problem that they are understandably convinced makes them an exception. Before I talk more about health problems, specifically PCOS and diabetes, let's do a little overview of the fuck diet, otherwise known as TFID, to catch us all up to speed. Here is your quick and dirty fuck diet overview. Restriction of food amounts or certain kinds of food, like carbs, lowers our metabolism, makes us hungrier, and fixated on food, wires us to binge to make up for restriction and can cause a host of other health problems the longer we restrict. Binging is actually happening for a reason. It is corrective and meant to restore our body to metabolic balance, but we rarely let that happen the way it's intended to happen because we usually put ourselves back on another diet. Binging can even happen when we think we should be going on a diet, almost like the body is either fighting against the diet you're about to go on or trying to gorge before the impending starvation or semi-starvation or even mild restriction. Binging is not actually the problem. Binging is happening in response to all of the crazy things we're doing in the name of weight loss and quote-unquote health. Fear-mongering about weight gain and quote, the obesity epidemic is tackling the wrong problem, in my opinion, experience, and research, and adding to our culture's pervasive weight stigma, which is ironically very bad for our health. Our focus on weight and weight loss, either thinking it's necessary for health or to fit in with the cultural thin ideals, is the thing that keeps us in the cycle of dieting and binging and fearing our hunger and ultimately ends up being really bad for us. Not to mention, it can be dehumanizing, cruel, and dismissive to people in larger bodies. And it is. Emotional eating is not the same as binging, though they often overlap. Emotional eating is really normal and human and a perfectly acceptable way to soothe yourself. Emotional eating isn't a problem in and of itself. It's only a problem if it's the only coping mechanism we have. Emotional eating often leads to binging because we feel so guilty about emotional eating that it spins out of control. We need to eat and we need to feel, but feeling guilty about eating, even emotional eating, is actually the problem. Way more about this in my book. If you're listening and you haven't read the book, go read the book because I explain this even in even more, uh, what is the word? In even more depth? That's not right. In even more detail. That's it. That's it. Oh God. Okay. We are, this is why I like to write and not speak because, um, 
writing I can edit myself and speaking I just have to flail okay back to this we are all so afraid that food is a drug it isn't but the big paradox is that dieting restricting and feeling guilty over food and being in a suppressed metabolic state constantly dieting and binging and weight cycling does make us fixated on food and it does make our relationship to food more addictive and makes food give us more of a high because our body is rewarding us for finally fucking eating or finally eating what we crave or finally letting ourselves eat like to fullness and beyond and what that means is that restricting and dieting makes you way more likely to use food to soothe yourself the problem isn't the food it's the dieting it's the cycle Food is not the problem. Again, the Fuck It Diet book explains this way more thoroughly and articulately, and it's funnier. (laughs) I think, maybe, maybe not. And not only will it explain the problem with dieting better, but it will also teach you what to do about it. It's my course in book form. Okay, so now to the actual point of this post. What about health problems that require dieting? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, over and over and over and over and over. Everybody's different. Chronic illness is a huge burden and a huge drag. And I support everyone eating however they need to stay functional. Don't eat food you're allergic to. And though a lot of people who diet have some very amorphous and made up food intolerances that are worth getting over, food intolerances do exist. And if you feel better on certain foods, please eat what makes you feel right. You can step out of food restriction while still avoiding the foods that your body rejects or feels horrible on. In a way, that is more cut and dry. Are you allergic to peanuts, shellfish, gluten? Don't eat them. Does that take extra work? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. But the trick is to make sure you're eating enough food, eating enough food, okay, eating enough food that you can eat and do the work around other food beliefs, especially weight and health beliefs. If you can heal the unnecessary and unhelpful diet culture beliefs, you will still be way better off than before. But two big health problems that people become convinced require dieting are PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and diabetes. So let's talk about PCOS. PCOS, again, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which by the way, I was diagnosed with in high school and uh, I either have or don't have, but uh, any, we'll talk about that another time. PCOS is a complex hormonal and metabolic syndrome that most doctors do not understand and overdiagnose or misdiagnose or mistreat. Oh, I already wrote it. God damn it. I was diagnosed with PCOS in high school and told to diet and not gain weight. And that was honestly the worst thing I could have been told to do. It set me up for a 10-year yo-yo diet and disordered eating extravaganza that made my health, stress, blood sugar, and hormones way worse. PCOS is often associated with weight gain and insulin resistance. So Instead of understanding and communicating with patients that it is one of the symptoms of over of the overall syndrome, instead of that, they focus on weight, food, and weight loss, which will probably make your relationship with food and overall health worse. The other thing that is rarely focused on is that stress and undereating or focusing on weight loss or being stuck in the diet binge yo-yo cycle can worsen insulin resistance. 
The idea is to get out of the diet yo-yo. Support your body's insulin response with supplements and or drugs and or lifestyle like sleep, etc. And focus on ways to support your body to function the best way it can. Dieting and focusing on weight loss, in my opinion and in my experience and in my research, is not the best way to do that. Even though I was diagnosed with PCOS over 15 years ago, I'm not an expert on the nuances of everyone's different experience with PCOS. I highly recommend Julie Duffy Dillon's PCOS and Food Peace course. And if you go to my blog, thefuckadiet.com slash blog, and you read this post, Can I Stop Dieting Even If I Have Diabetes or PCOS? I link to it in there. Um, And then it's also in the show notes for this. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, I'm like reading the the page, which is different than it ever was before. Okay. La, 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 la. It's great. It's really great. It's really helpful. She specializes in PCOS and the non-diet approach and a weight-neutral approach, and I think it's the best way to take care of yourself if you have PCOS. I'm also an affiliate affiliate of this course, but I would... Oh, shit. I was like, what the fuck did I write? But I would be pointing you towards her course even if I wasn't genuinely I was telling people to listen to her on Laura Thomas's podcast way before I became an affiliate so I'm a big fan and I highly recommend it um, and if you use the the uh what's it called the link that's in that's on my site that's on this blog post I will get a small commission from you signing up her course and I've gone through her course it is calming it simplifies everything and it teaches you how to support your body while expressly not dieting All right, let's move on to diabetes, which needs to have a header, I think. Heading three. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Diabetes does not require... Oh, shit. Okay. Let's start over again. Diabetes does require paying attention to your blood sugar. And if you have diabetes and are trying to step away from diet culture, I really do recommend that you work with an anti-diet registered dietitian to help guide the beginning of the process for you. But it is important to debunk a lot of the myths about diabetes, especially type 2, that keep people feeling guilty, afraid of food, and focused on weight. Type 2 diabetes, I mean type 1 diabetes is extremely, um, they don't even know what causes it, but type 2 diabetes gets this bad rap for being caused by weight and being caused by sugar. Type 2 diabetes is not caused by sugar, and cutting out all sugar isn't going to cure it either. Being a higher weight also doesn't cause diabetes. Lots of people in thinner bodies have type 2 diabetes too. It is not a personal failing. It is a chronic illness. And genetics play a huge part. And it's not only possible, but probably beneficial to step out of disordered eating and undereating when you have diabetes or pre-diabetes. I also highly recommend that you start uh, ooh, starting with Lauren Newman's account on Instagram. Again, I link to her. She's a registered dietitian who specializes in disordered eating and diabetes. And also working with a non-diet dietitian if you are diabetic for your support and for your own peace of mind. 
Um, ha, 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 ha. Okay. So I say, when the podcast comes back, one of the things I want to do is to go deeper into these topics with people who specialize in non-diet approaches for different health issues, as well as people in diverse bodies who have stepped out of diet culture, <gasps> which I am going to do. I have a whole list of people I'm going to talk to. Have I actually started that process? No, because I've been doing a million other things and I feel very scattered, but it is going to happen. It is. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later. If you've never listened to the podcast, which doesn't apply to you because you're currently listening to the podcast right now, you can find different ways to listen here. I'm reading what I wrote in this last blog post. Uh, but this is a good time for me to tell you to subscribe. Have you subscribed? So you will be notified um, and have easy access to new episodes when the podcast comes back. And I didn't write this, but if you are a listener and you like this podcast and you are not annoyed by my casual, casual style, rate and review the podcast on iTunes because it honestly does help people find and listen to the podcast because I do it. I mean, I go and I read the reviews. I read the reviews on Amazon and I read the reviews on iTunes and I judge by them. So, you know, if you want to help out this podcast, leave a review, a good review, five-star review and same on Amazon if you've read the book it really genuinely does help <laughs> and then I say and for now if you haven't read my book read my book it explains how we've all culturally become so messed up with food it debunks lots of subconscious myths about food and health that actually keep us feeling fixated on food and it teaches you how to step out of the cycle it also goes way deeper into how to approach emotional eating and binging and and this is true, lots of registered dietitians and therapists are recommending it to their clients, which is honestly more than I could have ever, ever asked for. I was so afraid that um, clinicians were going to hate me. I really was because it, it was major imposter syndrome. And, you know, I understand why I think it's like important to have a healthy, uh, uh, what's the word? uh you know to to check yourself because i this uh, i have learned all of this through personal experience and personal research um and i believe that my talent is explaining this in a way that makes sense to people um but i i definitely feel insecure about not being a clinician and not being a therapist or not being a dietitian all the time and you better believe and I think I've said this many times before but I I've gone through many different cycles of thinking that maybe I should or want to or would benefit from or would enjoy or that it would benefit you guys for me to go back to school for one of those two things and I have come over and over again to decide that that is not what I do like that's not what I do what I, I am for better or for worse, a storyteller. And that is what I enjoy doing. And that I think is um, what I have going for me here in explaining all of this um, and in tackling different subjects too. So that's what it is. I'm not gonna become a therapist, though I did consider it. Okay. And if you have already read my book, download the resource list. That's at thefuckadiet.com slash resources. There are lots of practitioners and inspiring accounts to follow. Um, there are some vetted free uh, groups that you can join on Facebook that are uh, aligned with the Fuck a Diet. They're not 
specifically for the fuck it up but they're aligned and plus i'll send you a free q a workshop replay that's something that i did over the hiatus and i will also send you other content that i got from the book and as i said before if you want to actually get all the replays from the fuck it book club course and the supplements that i um, that I offer to the people in the course. You can buy that from the fuckadiet.com slash bundle. Whew. Okay. Another thing that happened over the summer is I went up to New York. I used to live in New York, but I moved to Philadelphia like three and a half years ago. I'm from outside Philadelphia, blah, blah, blah. Went back up to New York, went to the Betches office, and I recorded a podcast episode for their podcast their wellness podcast uh, called The Diet Starts Tomorrow. And I was very, very nervous. Guys, I need to take a sip of water because I ate lunch right before this and my mouth feels very dry right now and I just, I need this. And But I'm not going to pause or mute it. Or maybe I can. Do you think I can? No, 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 I'm just not going to. I'm so sorry if that was annoying. I'm paranoid now. I'm paranoid. Because one time somebody told me that I needed to mute my microphone when I was drinking water. And I was like, oh my God, they're right. But it's just, it's honestly too much work. And I just don't have the support I need in order to make that a reality. So I'm sorry. But um, anyway, I recorded a podcast with the Betches girls and for their for their podcast the diet starts tomorrow and i was very very nervous because obviously as you probably know by now or if you don't you're going to learn it right now that the diet starts tomorrow mentality is one of the core problems and one of the sneaky things that will keep us stuck with our relationship to food and will keep us kind of like binging and not understanding why because we keep subconsciously telling ourselves that we're going to basically take away certain uh certain food privileges or we're gonna force ourselves to to restrict um tomorrow or next week or whatever oh god now i'm like digesting water um however it went really really well they were wonderful they had read the book they asked me really smart questions very much from a perspective of people who were curious and who had, you know, had been through the diet binge cycle and really wanted to understand what I was saying. And by the end, or yeah, after we stopped recording, um, they offered me a little series on batches to explain my experience with dieting and the experience of food addiction and how I healed. So right now, the first two of the four installments are up on Betches.com. And you can find, let me figure out the easiest way for you to find the, um, I mean, just go to Betches and find it. You can also, uh, you can go to carolineduner.com slash links. And I have a little link there to it. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way for you to find it, but Basically, you can follow me on Instagram and I'll be posting about it because the next one's going to be posting tomorrow on Monday um, and there are going to be four installments. And then the um, you can also follow Betches. I can't promise you that there isn't any 
diet culture content on there because there there definitely is but i i will say that i was really really pleasantly surprised by how interested they were in what i had to say about dieting and restriction and our relationship to weight and um it's a pretty big platform so it was very exciting to to kind of get to share with them to to preach not to the choir because I preach to the choir a lot honestly a lot of the people that I've talked to and been on their podcast it's sort of already like-minded people so it's scary to share this relatively counterculture polarizing subject with people who are highly entrenched in diet culture because that's when you get a lot of anger and a lot of what an idiot you are and of course food addiction is real and um, it's just calories in versus calories out and people just rip you to shreds because what you're saying is so there's such a cognitive dissonance with what people feel is true about health and weight and eating especially if they're in the middle of dieting or you know it really really feels like you're addicted to food when you're in that diet cycle I, I I've been there I know that so it's scary. It's a big platform. I really genuinely had a humongous panic um, when the first installment came out. And it's called, they named it, and it's called Fuck Your Diet, which is more aggressive <laughs> sounding than the fuck a diet, honestly. It's more about like, fuck your diet and like calling someone out as opposed to being like, I'm on the fuck it diet over here if you want to like join or learn learn why I'm doing this. So that was scary. I just, I like had like a big panic and it was the same kind of panic that I had in the months leading up to my book coming out where I just was like really, really anxious for having um, a bigger audience and really scared about, uh, I just fielding the people who basically were trying to poke holes in it in a way that people absolutely do. And it's it's easy to because the opposite of what I'm trying to teach is what we all generally believe and are told over and over again. And that's the bias of the culture. So it really overwhelms me. And I wish that it didn't like, I wish that I had this, like, um, I don't know. I wish that I had the, the kind of confidence to go out and like evangelize about it in a way that, um, that some people do and some people are really good at doing, but I have always been better at just sort of like writing about it over in my little corner and not trying to push it on people and not trying to change people who weren't ready to hear it. And I don't know, I think that's good and bad because I do think that, I do think that trying to kind of like debate I'm really not good at debating I think that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from I'm really not good at debating I I my brain shuts down and so the idea of having to be able to recall all of the studies that I've that I know are true and that I've read and that I've read about and that to be able to kind of like make a concise argument when someone is trying to tear it down I am so bad at that and so the idea that I should be doing that or that I have to do that really scares me and overwhelms me. Um, and in times when I feel like um, the plat, like I, I have a bigger platform or where I feel like a big, you know, like Betches has 6 million 
followers on Instagram and they were sharing, you know, go read Fuck Your Diet. And I shouldn't even read the comments, but people, you know, people are cruel and confused and feel really, really strongly about food and weight. And it is exhausting. Um, but anyway, so I get, I have anxiety <laughs> in case you didn't know and in case I didn't know and this is something that I feel like or I, I know that this is the basis of of the kind of zoom out of subject that I'm going to start talking about and writing about um so interesting and I've been kind of trying to figure it out in my mind but looking at the way that I channeled my anxiety for so many years, for so many years, it was, I channeled it into dieting. And so I was able to convince myself in some ways that I, that, that this was just the way it had to be and that the dieting was, um, the cure. And so it was a way to, um, suppress anxiety to, it was a coping mechanism. It was a drug of sorts. And it was a big, big, big distraction. And then what's so interesting is that once I made the decision to heal and to go in the fuck it diet and to start writing about it and to face all my anxieties, that it was so, I mean, it genuinely was so healing. And it truly, truly healed a big, big pain point in my life. And I became a kinder person to myself and I do not stress about food at all. I have such a more forgiving relationship with my, the way that I look and, you know, dressing, like all these little tiny things that I was just like so stressed over are, you know, healed or much more healed. Um, and my relationship to food is it totally healed. So writing the fuck it diet was, it's so funny because I, I became this authority on, on this subject that I do feel that I have a really good grasp on explaining and that I applied really effectively to myself. And for the past seven and a half years, I have been writing about it. I've been learning about it. I've been fascinated in, at the same time, online business and how to share this with people. Um, how to, I don't know. It's just so interesting that I've had these like creative outlets that have been, I don't know, that have been their own distraction and not in a bad way. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it was really healthy and I think it was good for me and I think it was um, a good use of my energy. Um, and then I, and then this kind of book situation started happening, which was its own exciting thing and this own like big kind of like stressor and excitement and focus. And during that time when I was writing the book and I had this, new amazing book agent who I still have and I still love and I feel so 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 lucky for um I was moving to Philadelphia and I was kind of trying to leave acting except when I moved to Philadelphia I all of a sudden was doing all of these shows here and I was writing a book and I was running these courses and learning so much about how to articulate this which also helped me in writing the book um 
and I was busy. I was so busy. And I was also deciding if you've been here long enough, you know that uh, like three years ago, I decided to go on radical rest, which ironically, I wasn't even fully able to implement because I was so busy and doing so many things. But in, but I sort of took this big reversal in the way that I looked at my life. And I was like, you don't have to do the things that stress you out. And you can, you can stop having all these expectations on you. But at the same time, I was doing these really exciting things and everything was really, um, I mean, genuinely exciting. Like, wow, like I am writing a book and I have an amazing book agent and then I got a book deal and I was able to quit my other jobs and and focus on this, but I was still acting a little bit and then I even quit acting. I was like, this is exhausting and I'm going to focus on the book. Um, And I got a dog and that was really stressful, but also really distracting. And I'm explaining this to say that I am now in this very interesting place where, and I noticed this right right before the book was coming out when I had genuinely horrible anxiety for the first time in, in a couple years because I had done so much work on my anxiety around food and body image and career expectations. And I had healed this big, big, big area of my life. And I'd felt so much freedom and joy and ease and I was like I was like chasing ease and chasing inspiration and doing these cool things and living an unconventional life and having all these creative projects and saying that I was going to rest but in the times when I wasn't resting I was like doing these really cool things um right before my book came out I was so anxious And it was scary because I was thinking, okay, so I give all of this advice on, you know, on all, like I wrote a self-help book, like I shouldn't be anxious basically. And at the same time, I also knew that it was because I was dealing with a whole new scary thing, a totally different totally different beast you know the having all of these eyes on you in a way and talking talking about the super polarizing subject and I was really afraid that I was going to basically piss everyone off like I felt I feel like because the fuck it diet is sort of like entry level uh uh anti well I think it's actually pretty advanced anti-diet but it's also entry level understanding about thin privilege and fat phobia and weight stigma that it wasn't radical enough for the other people who were doing similar work and it also wasn't um that i that i you know that people who also do this for a living and trained it and, and actually um are eating disorder therapists that they were going to be like what is this girl doing i basically was just like all of a sudden afraid that everyone was going to hate me which fuck it right But, you know, I really genuinely believe that we heal layers and we heal areas and then we have new things to learn and we have new areas of our lives to apply um, kind of universal lessons to. So I, you know, everything was okay. (laughs) Everything turned out just fine. Um, But I 
really, I think for the first time have realized, okay, Caroline, you've had anxiety your whole life and you used different things to try and manage it without understanding that you had anxiety. I think that's the weirdest thing is that I'm like, oh, like this is anxiety. Like that's what this is. And in the book, I talk about untangling the knot and um, having awareness around what is actually causing the anxiety. And that is one of the things that I do think has been a shift because before I, I just sort of felt constant low-grade anxiety and I, there, I couldn't even pick the pieces out. I couldn't even figure out what was causing what or why this was causing that. And I just sort of pushed through it and like was exhausted and miserable all the time. And now I can see what's going on, but I still have anxiety over certain things. And now that I I like reached this milestone that I'd been like looking at for such a long time, releasing a book and having like a like a like a real platform and having a, you know a a lot of creative work that people genuinely enjoy and being able to do this as my job and have a lot of the freedom that I have which I value so much but you know life is still life is still hard and life is still scary and there are still so many things to figure out like right now it's like okay so what do like what do I want to be doing with this with this all this opportunity and that's weirdly debilitating too and I'm not trying to complain about a wonderful situation that I'm in but I am trying to be transparent about uh anxiety that I am learning about for myself because I don't have a distraction from it right now I'm in a place where I'm trying to be really patient with figuring out what I want to be doing and what I want to be writing about and what makes sense and what feels sustainable and what feels joyful and what I think you will enjoy and what is still um, in the in the same world and spirit of the fuck it diet which encompasses the fuck it diet which will always be something that is is my business and is one of my businesses and is this book that I feel so strongly about and I'm so excited about and proud of but you know the idea that that you write like a series of the fuck it blank books to try and capitalize on the fuck it diet, which first of all is not even like a New York Times bestseller. Though I will say it is selling really well in a way that I didn't, you know, couldn't account for. And they are, they are reprinting the hardcover before the paper book even comes out, which is really exciting. So thank you to everybody who's bought it and talked about it and shared it. Really genuinely exciting. But the idea that I'd write like the fuck it career and the fuck it dating, uh, it's not going to happen because I, I feel that I wrote a how-to and a self-help book on something that I, I felt that I could help with and that made sense to me and that I felt that I had something important to say. And I, that's all I know. <laughs> Everything else I'm, I'm in process in figuring out. And I'd much more share like amusing um, essays and um, a sort of like uh, the kind of stuff I used to, I used to write sort of more just like silly stuff that made me laugh and that you know it, it always it has a thread of like heart and and 
and sincerity and self-help sort of like in it, but it is a little bit more absurd than authoritative. So anyway, that's just what I'm trying to figure out. And I am newly, I'm, I'm having a new relationship with my own mental health and my own anxiety and being fascinated that I've always had anxiety, but I've had these distractions from it. Um, and that's not to say that I didn't work through a lot of anxiety with the fuck it diet and with all of the emotional tools. I mean, all of the, all of the, like, you got to feel what's in your body. That helps me so, so, so much. And I think that's a key piece in continuing to like hear my own guidance, which sometimes gets hard to hear. I felt so inspired and guided while writing the fuck it diet. And now I'm like, Oh God. Okay. So what do I do now? And so I'm, I'm learning about all of the ways that even having so many projects was able to kind of distract me from anxiety, or maybe it was just like a really great channel for anxiety. And maybe when you have a lot of inspiring projects, you feel really, um, like you're on, like you're doing something fulfilling. And right now I think I, I feel like I'm in a limbo waiting to figure out what the next project is. It's going to be exciting for me and exciting for you. And and so I think that that allows time and space for anxiety. And I think that that's normal, but I also think it's something to learn from. So that is where I am. I kind of don't remember why I started talking about that. Oh yeah, Betches. When that first posted I really was extremely extremely anxious um oh shit is this still recording oh no I don't know I don't know it's just my 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 laptop just fell asleep so I think it stopped recording it didn't oh my god wow okay well my laptop fell asleep and I assumed that it stopped recording but it didn't All right, so basically when Betches posted it, I was very, very anxious. and But then I got over it, and now I'm anxious about other things, and um, that's just the way it is. So I'm going to, but I am also can be really good at identifying why I'm anxious, and then I feel calm. But it's just a process. I'm figuring it out. I don't really know what to say on it yet, except that I'm figuring it out, or maybe I'll never figure it out but I'm figuring out, figuring it out. So what's next, my friend? I'm going to keep podcasting and I'm going to bring you interviews and it's going to be what it's going to be until I figure out exactly what it's going to be. Does that sound right? Um, yeah, I probably have other things that I wanted to share or should have shared. Um, But I'm thankful to everyone who's listening, genuinely. I'm, I am excited, I'm excited about what has happened. Like, I I think that it's, I don't know, I'm just looking at how amazing it is that I started writing about this and that it was able to become what it's become. And I think just something that I 
new in the back of my mind and that it's always good to remember is that you think like, oh yes, when I have a published book and a streamlined and focused business and an Instagram that is exponentially growing and people saying that they love the book, I will be happy and I will be rich. And I am neither of those things. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy, but I'm also anxious and I'm trying to just, you know, life, I I genuinely think that even when, and I, I've known this, you know, you think you're going to be calm once you get to a place and there's just always more to learn and that there's always stuff to figure out. And, and that's just what it is. So I hope that that can be something helpful and reflective for you to take into the rest of this week. Um, And there will be more and it's all good. And I feel really thankful for the fuck a diet and I feel really thankful for the book and I feel really thankful for this too, even though I genuinely, I mean, I needed a hiatus. I, I love being able to share with you guys in this way because, um, it feels it feels like a different way of connecting with people than just um, than just writing, which I also love, obviously. Um, but I don't like debating, so don't make me do it. Okay, goodbye. I will talk to you soon. I don't know when, but stay subscribed because cool things will be coming. I'm going to be interviewing people to help take all of this to the next level and hear from people with different experiences. Um, who are going against diet culture. And that's all there is to it. Goodbye.